This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning. This is Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida. And Christy Landwehr in Aurora, Colorado. Where else would I be? And you are listening to Horses of the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, April 21st, 2020. And we're at episode 2418. This episode today is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, horse world. Houston, we have a problem. Ability equals skill plus knowledge. Feeling about this. Here's a safety tip for you from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Missed it by that much. How can I change this to make it better the next time? How do I get? Yeah. Time for Training Tuesday on Horses in the Morning with the Certified Horsemanship Association. Welcome back, Christy. It's the third Tuesday of the month. Christy's here. We're going to geek out on all things horse training, making your horse business better, etc. How you been, girl? I'm good, Jen. It's good to be back, and it's good to have you on with me today. Yay, I get to geek out. I love the training episodes because, as you know, I'm a bit of a training and learning geek, so this is fun. So we are in the midst of the 2020 pandemic. If you're listening to this episode on April 21st, 2025, Google (laughs) pandemic 2020, and you'll find out why things are the way they are and why we're talking about this stuff. Otherwise, you know exactly what's going on. How have you been helping to stay sane being kind of stuck at home? You know what? I feel very lucky because, you know, we live on acreage, right? So we've got 10 acres. So the boys have a trampoline they can jump on and I've got horses and ponies and chickens in the backyard that I can go ride. And so that's, that's, hasn't been too bad. And I'm telling you, um, you know, I'm getting stuff done. We're finishing our basement. We're doing, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, that we normally don't have time for because we're traveling or we're doing activities. And so in a way it's been that, but it's just all interesting times for sure. And, you know, we're trying with our members. I think one of the biggest things we've been doing, Jen, is every Wednesday, we've been doing a member chat and we get on go to meeting. And we just open it up to anybody. And, you know, we've got quite a few members. So we've had, you know, right around 100 on that thing. And they get on and they're from everywhere. They're from every province in Canada. They're from all over the 50 states, including Alaska and Hawaii. And we do a little CHA update at the beginning. And then we just say, raise your hand and I'll unmute you because we're recording it. So we don't want all the background noise. And they raise their hand virtually. I call on them, unmute them, and away they go. And they tell us, you know, things that they're doing during this time. And they share resources with each other. And they network. And they get to know each other in the chat box. And it's been it's been good. So much so that I think when this is all over, we're going to start doing it once a month just because. How cool. What A, it's cool that you're doing that. And B... It's cool and frankly impressive that you have that many people who want to participate because it's so hard but as horse people we're an outdoor sport we are we tend to be solitary in our work it's us and the horses 
So going to meetings and conferences and group things like that does not come naturally to many. So I think that's pretty impressive stuff that you guys are are getting together. And for some people, I'm sure going outside their comfort zone and taking this time to improve their their business and their skill set. Pretty neato. Yeah, some of them are just hop on, you know, for like one one of the weeks and others have been on every single week. Pretty cool. So you're, you've got your Wednesday go to meetings um, and you guys do do webinars too, don't you? We do. So we have half price on all of them right now because we know people have time right now maybe to do a little bit more education. And I know not all. Some people are short staffed and they're taking care of all the horses right now. They don't have any time at all. So when we say, oh, we all have more time, that's not necessarily true for our industry. Some people are working harder than ever Quite before. Yeah. yeah. But for those that do, yeah, we have half price on our webinars right now that are very educational for anyone listening. Just go to CHA.horse, click on education and you'll find them. And then we also just created, and it was not for this, it just worked out this way, a brand new streaming video platform. And the timing of that was pretty nice um, because people, again, have a little bit more time and want to before hopefully the busy summer season where we get to hopefully reopen and teach and do stuff. So they've been uh, watching those quite a bit too. So that's been great. And that also you can find on our website. Pretty cool. So the long and tedious project of putting up the new CHA website. How's that going? Oh boy, we're almost there. Woo! We are almost That's, there. It should be up by the that? end of the this month. Is, oh, a year, a, ago. Thing, a year ago. Oh, yeah. it's it's been a year. But you know, we don't work on it like every single day, right? Because some days there's travel, some days there's other things that are more important. I mean, so, but yeah, on and off for a year. And we have a wonderful contract laborer, but you know, she has other clients too. Right. So she has only been able to do it when she can. But I'm telling you, we are so close now. I can taste it. And I just I want a silver lining right now. I want something special. So I'm so excited about it that I keep chomping at the bit and calling her up and going, are we ready? Are we ready? She's like, chill your roll, girl. Oh, most. I'm like, OK, I'm so excited. And the last thing you want to do is press that button too soon, though, because when things go oh, wrong, that's not woo-hoo. good. Yeah. And then you'll, everyone and their mother will tell you about it. And that's, that's good in a way you're going to get a whole lot of critiques and comments back, but it's also not good because Google won't like you in SEO land for those that don't know search engine optimization. They won't like you. So you've got to make sure all your links aren't broken and there's, there's a lot to it. There's Yeah. And how all those bits and parts talk to each other behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm glad it's I'm a lot. Wrong. And we're integrating it with our database. So our active um, association management online platform. So because we're integrating a website with that, yeah, there's been a lot of behind the scenes for sure. There we go. Well, I can't wait to, by the time we do the next show on the third Thursday of May or third Tuesday, th- third Tuesday, not Thursday, third Tuesday of May, it should be up and running. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I want to hear about all the nifty new bells and whistles that you yes. got. Yeah. It'll and speaking fine. of bells and whistles, happy birthday was in order last week. I hear there was a special meal. Yes, it was so nice. The boys and the husband went out and they got me uh, sushi and they brought it back and made it for me. Homemade sushi. It was really nice of them. They went to the Japanese store and got the stuff and it was really nice. Wow. Yes. So are you a sushi fan? Very much so. Yes. Okay. Is it not for you? (laughs) It's not for everyone. It's a special thing. It's like I'm from central Pennsylvania. Scrabble is not for, or Scrabble. Scrabble is not for everybody. 
And I think <laughs> Scrapple and PC and and uh, sushi have a little bit in common. <laughs> you know, they're not for everybody. It's an acquired right. taste. It yes. can go bad, right? Yes. There's good sure. sushi, and then when it sushi, I think I've never eaten it. Sushi is probably either good or not. It's never so so. That, 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 that's probably true. Like we had the salmon and it was amazing. And the tuna we got, we decided, eh, we're going to sear it. So we seared it and had it that way instead because mm-hmm. it just wasn't quite, quite good raw. But the salmon was amazing. And then we had octopus, which is definitely not everyone's cup of tea. No. But that's yummy too. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gross it out the people early in the morning early as they're having the their cup of coffee. Yes. If you haven't had breakfast yet, our apologies. <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, got a jam-packed show today, so we're going to get started with uh, Jenny Beveridge from Troxel, who always has great information about protecting our noggins while under saddle, so let's welcome her to the show. So excited to have Jenny on today. She grew up in the saddle and found her why in life after seeing the spot where a family acquaintance died from a head injury while riding her horse to a trailhead. She has been with Troxel Helmets now for over 15 years, developing them that riders want to wear and is currently their brand manager. Prevention is better than a cure is the mindset that led to the first lightweight and ventilated certified equestrian helmet ever developed. Troxel started at the forefront of equestrian helmet innovation and continues to lead the way in research and development for a safer sport to benefit riders of all disciplines. So today with Jenny on, um, we're going to talk about just checking over your helmet as a whole and the whole kind of safety manners educational campaign that Troxel's working on. So hi, Jenny. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So for those that didn't necessarily hear you um, on our series that we did, you know, last year, could you go ahead and give them an idea of where you live? Yeah, sure. So I live um, kind of a remote part of Northeast Oregon. So I live on a cattle ranch, um, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's gorgeous out here. It's, uh, I think, the second largest continuous valley in the world. So we have just a huge mountain range all around us. And um, we're about two and a half hours um, outside of Boise, Idaho, and about four and a half hours from Portland, Oregon, and uh, about an hour from Washington. So we're at that northeast corner. So, um, yeah, so my husband and I cattle ranch, and we have horses and three kids and lots of animals, let me tell you, um, keeps us busy. And so, yeah, that's that's where I'm located at. The last time I saw Jenny was at the uh, WESA show, the Western English Sales Association show in Denver, and it was kind of bittersweet because I don't think they're going to have it in Denver anymore. I know. They're moving to Dallas, Texas. Yes. So it'll be kind of a new adventure, but the end of an era for sure. So It will be, and especially because I live in Denver. It was just so easy to pop on yeah. over there. Yeah. And I've yeah. got to make the effort of getting on an airplane if I want to go. So anyways, but that's yeah. okay. It was really good to see you in January when you were there. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So was. what is the Safety Matters educational campaign? What's going on with that? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So Troxel, you know, as a lot of people know, um, and maybe some don't, um, we were the first uh, certified equestrian helmet um, in the United States to ever be developed. Um, and we were physician developed by uh, Dr. Richard Timms. He was a critical care uh, physician and got into more of the safety prevention side of uh, the industry just uh, with car seats, um, worked for the state of California and a lot of their injury prevention, got into the bicycle helmets, um, ski helmets, and then eventually developed the crushing helmets. Um, and so just to kind of carry on the legacy of what we're known for, for our educational material, we decided to launch the Safety Matters campaign this year to really um, put out some really good 
facts, um, myth busters, and just more education for people to get a hold of. I've seen it for 4-H groups, um, just riding instructors, just people new to riding and just to understand, you know, the benefits of wearing a helmet. And um, so that's kind of what we've launched this year with the Safety Matters uh, campaign. I love that idea. You know, we hear all the time about ASTM and SEI. Could you explain to people what those stand for? Sure. Okay, so ASTM is... um, they make up all of the um, the testing protocols, I would say, would be the best way to phrase it, for um, testing a product safety. And then SEI is the actual independent um, certification that those items meet those ASTM standards. So, um, for instance, equestrian helmets, they are um, certified to the ASTM standard uh, with the um, numbers F1163-15. So when you see that that particular ASTM number sticker inside um, an equestrian helmet, you know it's an equestrian helmet. Now, the bike helmet would have a different um, numerical sequence of numbers. So um, definitely a great thing to check is to make sure that you actually have an equestrian helmet that you're using because they're all certified to a different standard. It has to do with height off the ground, forward rate of speed, what items you hit, um, if it's a curb compared to a tree or a fence, both very different. And so that's why an equestrian helmet's a little bit denser. And, um, you know, like I said, you're up way higher on a horse than you are on a bike. So it um, it's tested quite differently. So even though the bike helmet and equestrian helmet might look similar, they're, they're quite different in their testing and, and how they perform. So you definitely want to look inside the helmet to make sure that equestrian certified, not, not necessarily certified for a different sport. So that's, you know what's that's so funny about that, Jenny? For. I always have thought mm-hmm. that, I mean, if it says ASTM in front of it, I guess I would have paid attention. But when I look at numbers inside mm-hmm. of my products, I think it's a SKU number or barcode uh, number. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to look and see if it's, I'm yeah. sure they do. But that's just fascinating yeah. to me. Huh. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll have a big SEI, and then under that SEI, which means it's certified, then it will have the ASTM standard underneath it. So there might be potentially barcodes in your helmet if, if, if the manufacturer, we don't particularly put barcodes, but there could be their style numbers a lot of times and, and, and size numbers and things like that. But there should be an actual separate sticker that says SEI and then with those numbers underneath it. And you can double check that to make your, sure your helmet's equestrian certified. That's great. So I want to know, um, how do you help people determine for sure if their helmet fits you? How does Troxel do that, especially if I'm ordering online? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have a size chart. So basically the best thing to do is measure your your head around with like a soft measuring tape or a string that you could measure with a ruler. Um, And basically you want to get at that starting size. So say you're like a, a 20 inch circumference or you can do it in centimeters. And then from there we have Um, a size conversion chart to hat sizes or to centimeters from inches. And then from there, you can look at the particular helmet model that you're interested in, and then you can actually see what um, size, either, you know, extra small through extra large, depending on the model, you could pick what size that your head circumference um, would be. So say, like, for instance, most helmets, I'm a medium, so I pick a medium out, and then you can try it from there. Um, You know, obviously, your head shape and the head or in the mold shape of the helmet, that has to to kind of groove as well. So it's really good if you can try on different models because they all fit a little bit different, different manufacturers fit different. And then you want to make sure that the helmet's comfortable for you and fits you. So like your friend might look really cute in like a Troxel Sierra, but say 
um, you try that on and it's maybe not the right fit. And then maybe you try on a Truxel Dakota and you're like, oh, this one fits me. So you want to definitely try on some different models. Um, and you always want to get the smallest helmet that you can that's comfortable for your head. For instance, um, like I'm kind of on the cusp between a small and a medium in a lot of our helmets. And so I'll actually try the small on. And in a couple of models, I'm actually in a size small. Um, it fits me well. It's snug. But and some I have to go up to a medium. Um, and the nice thing is, is we have comfort adjustments. We have uh, dial fit systems or sure fit systems, which kind of hug your head and kind of give you that comfortable uh, feel when you put the helmet on. And we also have flip tabs in our helmet liners, which are kind of like little shims that you can flip under. And you can use all those different features to kind of get that custom fit within those size ranges. But you want to start with the, the smallest um, helmet model, you know, slash mold that you can before you start kind of adjusting fit. You don't want to just buy an extra large and crank the dial down and stuff it full of stuff. You know, you definitely want that helmet mold smaller on your head because then it won't rock around if you do get, you know, if you happen to get into um, an accident. That makes sense. So what do you determine as an accident when you know to replace your helmet? Because I know sure. for me, that's falling off, right? For some people, but for other mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. it's the kids. If we're horse instructors and we teach riding that are like throwing it in the yeah. air and they forget to catch it and it hits the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really um, when your head is inside the helmet, anytime you have an impact, even if it's a small one, if you kind of hit the ground or you, or you smack your head back, you know, and you hit the ground or hit a fence post or things like that, or some kind of an object with your head in it, you know, that adds a lot more weight. You definitely want to replace it. Even if the helmet doesn't have a crack, even if it looks okay, but maybe scuffed, you know, those inner, um, the, the EPS foam on the inside is very similar to like what your, um, like a soda can cooler would be made out of. And those little tiny air bubbles and those little tiny um, styrofoam beads, they can, they can compress down. So if you ever happen to have a fall in that same area, it wouldn't be able to protect you like it should. So you definitely want to replace it if you've ever had a fall, you know, with your head in the helmet. And then as far as them falling in the tack room off a hook or kids tossing them around, you know, those cumulatively over time can, can have an impact on the safety. And so we just really say, you know, kind of use some common sense there, but also, the horses um, are running. Oh my goodness. They're out. <laughs> um, loose horse, loose horse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so you definitely, um, yeah, you, you know, over time those can those can add up. So um, you know, just just be aware that you know if you're if you're tossing around, you know, sometimes you know visors can break or the outer shell can get cracked. You definitely want to replace them if that happens. Say you know you have a cement floor in your tack room and it drops off the hook and it cracks. You know, that's it's going to be time to replace that helmet. So definitely just use some common sense there. But over time, yeah, um, definitely just want to kind of protect them if you can and and don't let them have those drops in the tack room. And explain Troxel's warranty. Sure. So we have a two-year accident replacement warranty. So within those first two years of owning your helmet, if you do come off and you have an accident, an actual legitimate fall, not just one in the tack room, but a legitimate fall in your helmet, we do replace those helmets for just a minimal fee. So it's good to keep your receipt or register your helmet online once you get it. And, um, and then you can you know, go from there and all the information's online on how to take advantage of the accident replacement warranty. That's a good idea to register it online. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would don't never keep, keep my receipts. Yeah. I'm really bad at that. So I think that's great. Yeah. So yeah. How, yeah. how do you know how old your helmet is? Does it have a date inside sure. it? And then if um, it is old, you know, when do we replace it? What do we do about that? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are dates in the helmet. So the dates in the helmet are manufacturing dates. 
And um, we've taken a stance at Troxel that um, we suggest going off of the date the helmet is put in use, not your manufacturing date. So this is going to vary because some associations have a hard and fast rule. It's off the manufacturing date. You know, we know as a company that we um, climate control, uh, take care of all the helmets, stores the same way. And so we um, go off the rule of thumb of every five years from, from the date the helmet is put into use that you would want to replace that helmet. Um, and so obviously that date isn't in your helmet. That's something you could write with a Sharpie potentially, or like I said, keep the receipt, take a note somewhere. But, um, you know, we do have the rule of thumb that we do recommend replacing them every five years, just because technologies change potentially, um, you know, there's unseen material deterioration. So it's just kind of good over time, like your sweat and then the sun, and then just, you know, those elements of being hot and cold, you know, over time can impact the materials. And, um, so, yeah, every five years. And then if you are like an avid rider and you're riding, you know, five days a week or instructor or have those helmets used by a bunch of kids, you know, kind of on a daily basis, you know, we definitely recommend replacing them much sooner than that, maybe every couple of years. Just kind of look at your helmet. And it, like I said, it's kind of a common sense thing again. You know, if it if it looks pretty beat up and, and you know you've worn it a bunch um, in the last couple of years, it's probably a good idea to replace it. You know, it is a, a piece of safety equipment. so. Um, it's definitely, you know, just good to uh, update those just like you do other products that you have. And if you register your helmet online, can you go ahead and put the mm -hmm. date in of when you bought it there? Yep, you can. You can. That'd yeah, And that's awesome. something we can look up easily. Yep. That is something we have a whole database. And that's some, really something easily you guys, it, anyone could reach out via email or, or call us and uh, be able to get that date if you're, if you're unaware of, you know, of what it is. So what is the website so everyone can get started? Sure. Yeah. So um, our website is troxelhelmets.com. And the nice thing is up on the top, you'll see a safety matters uh, resources tab. And that's where all the educational material is that you can download or you can view online. And then we have a section of frequently asked questions, testimonials, and you can see our warranty registration on there and the accident replacement warranty as well. So there's a bunch of information on the website that, that people are welcome to download and, and take advantage of. And Jenny, CHA is in the middle of updating our website. So I'll tell you, I'm looking at a lot of them and you have such great pictures on yours and we're going to have great pictures on ours. And I just love it. It's actually awesome. a very beautiful website you guys have. Yeah, thanks. Well, I can't wait to see your guys' update. That'll be awesome. Yeah, we're thrilled about it. So, well, Jenny, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah. We really appreciate having you. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me back. Talk thanks to you for, soon. Thanks for an all. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. Always good stuff. You never know how much there is to talk about a piece of safety gear, but there's a lot. And there's like, I think that's great that you can register your helmet online because I don't keep anything. I'm not that organized. So having a <laughs> website where I can go and it's all there. Yeah. People just think I'm organized. I'm, I'm really not all that organized when it comes to that kind of stuff. Work stuff, pretty organized. Play stuff when it's like my hobby and stuff. Yeah, not as much. Yeah. Well, see, you got to let your guard down. That's what makes it play stuff. The fact that you're Correct. allowed to not be organized. Correct. Right? Thank you for allowing me that. Yeah, thanks, see, Jen. There you Appreciate go. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks. I think it's going to be time to chat with our next guest, Tara Reamer from Manitoba, well, Canada. We are so excited. Our main topic for today is going to be creative ideas when away from the barn. So things like yoga, things like Pilates, things like what else are you doing, whether you're an equine professional or you own your own horse or you're going to ride a horse or you take lessons 
what are you doing when you can't necessarily get out to the barn as often? And it doesn't have to be just during these times and things we have going on now. This can be any time in your life when there's bad weather, you only have an outdoor arena, you know, things like this. So our first guest in regards to that topic is going to be Tara Reimer. Tara owns and operates Cloud9 Ranch in Steinbach, Manitoba, Canada. They offer English and Western riding lessons, vaulting, equine-assisted psychotherapy, training, and boarding. She's an English Western instructor certifier for us, and she's also our Certified Horsemanship Association Region 2 Director. So, welcome, Tara. Tara, welcome to the show today. How's everything going up there in Manitoba? It is bright and sunny, and there's no snow today. So oh, we're good. That is great news. We were just having a conversation and doing a bet on whether or not there'd be snow, and I lost because I thought there'd still be snow. So go. That's good. Oh, well, oh, there is snow on the ground where the sun can't get to it. That there is, but it was actually still snowing yesterday. So, Wow. So well, I'm no, glad. It didn't stay on the most of the ground. Yeah, it's funny enough that it just melted away in most places, but it's kind of weird because my sister is up in northern BC by Alaska, and she said it was plus 24 yesterday. Which oh is, okay, in Celsius, which is like she got a sunburn. Yes. So I don't understand what's, how this weather is going. No, that's kind of crazy. Do you guys have green grass yet? No, no. That, you know, we still get some, a little bit of snow right up to May long. So middle of May, because that's often when we want to go trail riding for the weekend. And oftentimes it'll still snow a little bit then. So we'll have this for a few more weeks yet. Yeah, that's okay, though. Well, we're yeah. down in Denver. We're getting a little bit of snow rain mix here and there. And then we get 60 degree days. Then we have nice, you know, a little bit of grass growing. So we're, we're a little bit ahead of you on that. But boy, the shedding is yeah. an extravaganza right now. Oh, my goodness. Shedding. Yes. Yes. yes, that's for sure. Big time. Well, we're, we've titled the um, show today, Creative Ideas Went Away from the Barn. So that way people right now, of course, during everything going on with COVID can hear, but also for the future, since, you know, our shows tend to be timeless and people might listen to this in 2025 and say, what went on then? I've got to Google COVID-19. What are they talking about? So um, we're kind of going to gear it towards a variety of things. You know, I talked earlier, we could do yoga, we could do Pilates. I mean, there's just so many things that we as writers can do. And equine professionals, of course, is um, what we're going to talk about. There's a variety of different things. So we'll start, though. What are your current restrictions in Manitoba that's um, being caused by what's going on? Well, we were put into an emergency situation. So then that means they can really do whatever they want for the sake of the COVID-19. So uh, Equine Canada did tell us that uh, we could not hold any uh, horse events and activities, uh, like so for sure no shows or no lessons, uh, anything of the sort until June 1st. And so that still remains. And uh, But actually Manitoba has been doing really, really well. So we closed all our borders. So that means that actually the other provinces, um, well, they didn't close there. So they could come into here, but Manitobans actually could not leave Manitoba unless it was for essential services. So we could not go west to Saskatchewan or east to Ontario. And that seemed to actually really help. So as of thus far, we've only had six deaths, which, I mean, still six too many, but it is, it's a very low number. And so we kind of feel like we can breathe here a little bit. And um, they said originally, you know, things like greenhouses would be shut down. And now they've said that those can open up. Uh, and as long as we practice the social distancing and, and, you know, small groups of people. So that's encouraging. Uh, so we feel like we can get out a little bit anyways. 
So do most of the people in Canada, do you all find your COVID-19 resources on Equine Canada, which for those listening, that's like the equivalent of United States Equestrian Federation here. Is that how people are finding their resources? Yes, because for each province, we have our own uh, horse council. So, for, But they're all related to Equine Canada, which all runs under Sport Canada. So when anything comes down through for the sport, it doesn't matter if it's soccer or volleyball or hockey, uh, the horse is part of that. So sometimes that's kind of interesting because it doesn't always pertain to horses, like for everything for coaches and stuff. But anyways, that's how it's run in Canada. So we as Manitoba Horse, or as a member of Manitoba Horse Council, uh, then it comes through Equine Canada. So that is who we follow, but then Manitoba Horse Council has their own, you know, based on the province and state of emergency. So I did check with my insurance carrier, though, because I want I wanted to really know, like, am I in trouble if I would do a lesson, which I didn't, but I wanted to know what that was like. And so uh, for liability reasons, uh, I would still be covered if, I, if there was an injury, but if uh, somebody came here and then got COVID-19, or pass it on to somebody else as a result of being here, then I would be liable for that. And so, of course, I didn't want to be. Right. I'm so glad you're bringing up insurance. I think that's something everyone needs to realize when there's something that's shutting down your county, your state, your province, or your nation, you have to check with your insurance company, no matter what you're doing, to see if you're going to be covered. Because if you're not, for let's say in some of them, you're not covered for an injury right now. Um, like if somebody falls off a horse, if you're teaching when you're not mm-hmm. supposed to. So that would be a shame, you know, of all the time mm-hmm. that we pay for insurance and then suddenly we're not covered if something happens. So just everyone listening, do pay attention to your insurance company rules. Call them up, whether it's for your facility, whether it's for your equine liability. Uh, one that will be covered no matter what is personal liability because that's your horse getting loose, right? On accident, things like that. But the others do check. So I'm really glad you brought that up. So Tara, what would your spring look like in a normal year and how are you connecting with the outside world during this time? Well, normally we'd be starting our spring uh, CHA instructor certification this week. So I would have been picking up our ACI from California that was supposed to come out. Um, And so that has been rescheduled till next year, just because we have no idea what the fall will look like either. And with finances, you know, some people are definitely out of work. And so I just didn't want to have to worry about that for this year. And our spring lessons. So we run our lesson program in eight to 10 week sections. So it's usually like winter for us is uh, March, April. And then we do a spring, May, June. And then we do summer camps all summer uh, with less like private lessons in the uh, mornings and evenings. And then in fall, we do a fall 10 week session. And then just a few lessons over the winter because we don't have a heated facility. So this is our really busy time. Usually I'm doing lots of clinics, getting ready to show clinics. And uh, and that's the other thing too, is not knowing if our shows will go ahead, but hoping they will. We're still trying to keep our show horses fit and our lesson horses because some of our older lesson horses, if they don't keep getting ridden, they get a little uh, stiff or just not as responsive. And so... We're still doing it, but every day we question ourselves of, is this really worth our time if this is going to be shut down for two to three months? And, and people are asking, well, should we still be sending in camp registrations? And you really don't know, but I said, sure. And we hope that we can do that, but I really have no idea. So how we're connecting with the outside world is 
social media, um, of course, our Facebook group and our page and uh, a little bit on our website, but we also, or on Instagram, but we also send out a newsletter to our uh, lesson families or anybody that wants to be on that. So there's over 300 uh, families on there. So that's how we keep connected with them, letting them know what's going on here and sending them pictures of our horses and things that we're doing and little videos and stuff. So of those social media posts, um, which do you find get the most likes and shares? I know when I do it, I have a, a friend of mine from college, actually, who does helps me just for fun with our CHA page. And anything that's fun is hers. And anything that's serious about the organization is me. And she always cracks up. She's like, if it wasn't for me, you would have no likes, you would have no shares, and you would have no comments. I'm like, I know, you're right. <laughs> so I'm always interested. What is getting liked and shared on your page? Well, that is true. And and I also am in, uh, the head leader for 4-H. And so I tried at the beginning to keep people engaged by sending them out like uh, a parasite. So write us 40 to 50 words on parasites just to get them, keep them involved and keep them learning. And only a quarter of the kids actually did it through the 4-H group. And then I started some challenges here. Um, they're the first week, so I did seven weeks and they're just coming to the end of the first week. So it's like week one, write a poem that includes Cloud Nine Ranch and our horses. And then the next week will be draw a picture with something to do with Cloud Nine Ranch and then send us a photo and then a memory. And and to be honest, it's almost the end of week one and I have not had any submissions. And I don't take that personally because I actually realize that the schools are sending a lot of homework home. Yes. And I think that there are still a lot of essential workers out there and we're hearing from teachers and other families that some of them are just quite overwhelmed. And so um, I, re- I realize that and as much as I want to stay connect- connected, um, I think those ones that really need to connect with me are. And so then we're talking about the horses and quite honestly, they can drive here and they can stay in their vehicle and they can look at the horses. So that's what we're doing. What I found as far as the most posts on social media is your friend is right. It's the fun stuff. It's our new batch of golden retriever puppies and just watching puppies sleep. And they just love that. And we have the male, our, the golden, he plays with sticks and snowballs and people love that. Or our family going for a trail ride. I will get more views on our boys practicing their roping and doing family time stuff than I will on a training video. And I have over what, 1,200 on my Cloud9 Ranch Facebook group. And it's not that people don't have an interest in it. I just feel like people don't want to be any more serious than they have to. It just seems like anything that takes brain power right now is just too much. Yes, I think they want to have fun. So tell people about the birthday Facebook Live thing you did for your son. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, so our our youngest son turned 14 on April 7th, and he loves food, desserts specifically. And because we were in basically isolation here. We couldn't have a big party like we usually do with family and everything. And so I thought, okay, what can we do that will really make this special for him? And so uh, I had them do a bake-off. And so if anybody wants to see it, it's on our, it was live on our Facebook group, actually on Tara Reimer, on my specific personal one. And I videoed it and it was quite hilarious. They're all quite the uh, entertainers. So my husband 
and my older son, who's 15, and then Tyler, who's four, was turning 14 that day. And so, yeah, they had to pick a dessert that's something that they've never baked. Well, that was easy because Andrew and Derek, my husband, don't bake. So they have never baked anything. <laughs> and uh, and so then Tyler was, he did um, strawberry cheesecake trifle. And uh, Derek did eat more bars. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was amazing, actually. Very good. And, uh, and then Andrew did a fudge cake with uh, icing. And so he made it all. And it actually, they were all really delicious. So it was really uh, the winner got to, uh, or will get to, I guess, go for supper with me to any place they want and price wouldn't be, um, didn't matter. And so Tyler won. I think that was because it was his birthday. Um, I mean, he had a very, very good dessert, but he did get votes just because it was his birthday. But that's okay. And so he's like, Mom, I just want to go to the most expensive restaurant and have steak and caviar. He has no idea what that tastes like, caviar. Uh (laughs) Salt. It It tastes like salt. Right? (laughs) Yeah. It sounds expensive. Let's go. Oh, that's fun. It was really cool. And it gives them something to look forward to, right? That's awesome. What a good idea that was. I cracked up. Yeah, that's good. I would encourage anybody, actually, the the whole thing with math and paying attention to um, details, just get them baking. And then they love eating it. So it's a great incentive. It's a lot of math and a lot of chemistry in baking. And Mm -hmm. that's a great idea, too, because... The incentive, you get to eat it, but it's incentive to pay attention because if you don't pay attention, it's not fun to eat it. <laughs> True. You know, it yeah, for bad. sure. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never seen, I've never seen three guys, like, my. they all have ADHD. So, and legitimately, they even on the video, one of them says, I didn't even take my pill this morning. Like, it's a joke here. And they they didn't have any pills and they actually got through this, which it really is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> cool. Well, it's a great idea. I just wanted everyone to hear it for those that are thinking, what can we do for upcoming birthdays? I thought that was awesome. So yeah. what do you have planned for the rest of 2020? What are some goals of Cloud Nines? Well, we are going to keep sending the fun videos and keep people engaged that way, seeing as that's what works. Um, we did. We were supposed to have a horse show here May 23rd, and so obviously we're going to have to postpone that, but I am saying that we'll put it in fall. And even if the rest of the club shows cancel, I'm still going to host that because I have some students that this was their first year to show and they were really excited about it. And so I want them to still have something to look forward to. And so whatever that looks like, we are still going to do that. And hopefully things will open up after June 1st. I'm not sure. They're not still closing it down. So I think we can social distance at horse shows and riding lessons. So I right. hope that we've be- behaved well enough in Manitoba that they'll start opening that up. I'll let you do that. That's great. So how can folks find you besides on our um, CHA.horse page? How else can they found- find Cloud9? So if you Google Cloud9 Ranch, that's the number nine, uh, and then make sure that it's not the quadding place in the U.S. Somewhere there's a Cloud9 Ranch where you can go quadding. That is not us. So um, on Instagram, it's Cloud9 Ranch MB for Manitoba. And then on Facebook groups and stuff, it's Cloud9 Ranch, but just check that it's the horse one. And our website, same thing, cloud9ranch.ca or Tara Reimer. Well, Tara, thank you so much for being on today. It's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you for sharing all your unique things that you're doing. 
I, I love trifle. My, my mother is British, and boy, does she do a good trifle. Oh, my. Ugh. See, now you've got me inspired to go bake something. <laughs> I yes, can just drop good. it off in my next-door neighbor's mailbox. They'll, they'll know what to do with it. We are so happy to have Val on the show today. She's the owner and trainer at Whisper Wind Equestrian Center in Westmoreland, New York. She is a life member of CHA and an English Western instructor certifier for us, as well as our New York State rep. She was just interviewed for a blog that we wrote on the subject of what are you doing when you're having to stay at home that's creative and fun with um, your course clients. So we're very happy to have her on the show today. Welcome, Val. How are you? I'm great, Christy. Thanks for having me. Well, we appreciate you being interviewed for the blog and now being on the podcast. You know, you're just becoming a celebrity. So thank you for doing all of that for us. So can you go ahead and let us know what you're doing to help your, because you board horses there, right? So what are you doing to help your owners stay connected to their horses right now? So what we have done, I have a, a wonderful intern, so it's her and myself holding the fort down, but I created a um, private border whisperwind page. So every day I try to give it an update of some sort. So one day, for example, we, we did a video where we let all the horses put their heads out and say hi, and we gave them treats and let the horses say hi to their owners. Um, the horses are all in um, full training with me, so I'm riding them every day. So I have Hannah video little clips, and I try to post those on the border page, sure that the customers are feeling connected on a daily basis, at least on some level. That is such a good idea. So you are definitely doing some things differently now than what you've done in the past. Is anything that you're doing now caught on enough that you think you'll do it in the future? Um, the one thing that I have done differently since we're not allowed to teach here is doing a lot of remote teaching for my clients and for other people to give them exercises at home. So I will continue to do both of those things. I think those have been very well received. Um, as far as all the other things I'm doing in the barn, it's not that terribly much different than what I would do if I had a horse in training before. So hopefully when things get back to normal, the people will be able to see their horses and I won't have to send video updates. But yes, I think that's so great that you're doing the video updates and everything, Val. So sorry for having to keep it a little short today, but for some reason the connection no has the ghost people on it. So um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and let people find you on our CHA website. What is your website so folks can find you um, in New York as well? Sure. It's www.whisperwindequestrian.com. Great. So that's whisperwindequestrian.com. Val, thank you so much for being on today. I think that your ideas are wonderful. And for those that want to find out more where we're, there's not a ghost person, you can visit our blog page on CHA.horse. And you can also see it on CHA Instructors on our Facebook fan page. And you can find out more about what Val is doing. And that blog was written by Katie Nirvana for us. So thanks so much, Val, for being on today. So excited to have Jen Gay up next as our guest. She lives in Howell, Michigan, and is an instructor at Heavenly Horse Stables. She's a troop leader for the Girl Scouts and a life member of Certified Horsemanship, a regional director for us, and also a Certified English Western instructor. So good morning, Jen. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Actually, it's a, it's a pretty nice sunny day here. That does help the spirits, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yes. 
So I'm glad. Um, so I know that there's a lot going on and we were talking about, you know, whether people are listening to the show now or five years from now, that this show is a good one today because we're talking about creative ideas for when you're away from the barn. So with those creative ideas, what are you doing during this time? Um, we've actually started a YouTube channel and a private Facebook group for some people who are still helping us keep our, our horses worked and things like that so that we all have the same lesson plan that we're working on for our horses. Um, and then we can kind of share that via videos with each other. I think that's a great idea. So what are some of the unique things that you're putting on your YouTube channel? Oh, what was that? What are some of the unique things that you're putting on your YouTube channel? Um, so for our YouTube channel, particularly, we've been focusing a lot on our basic horsemanship things that we do with um, all of our riders that come in. So it is good basic things for people to learn, such as how to groom their horse, um, how to tack a horse. Um, and we're getting ready to do some things on the basics of what natural aids are and the basics of communication. So because we're a beginner lesson barn, we thought that would be really good information for our, our participants to be able to see. Well, what's neat about that, you know, CHA has a great video library too, but it's not their horses and their instructors. So I love that you're doing a YouTube channel with the horses that they know, the scenery that they know, the instructors that they know. That's a great way to keep them connected to you. Yeah, and so we've got our level program for our riders already, and so our YouTube channel kind of follows that, and our riders can see they can look at our green level ones, and then our more advanced ones can look at our, our blue level or the red level um, things. So we're just going kind of off of our ground programs, too, as we're creating those um, videos. That's a really good idea. So are there any things that you've been doing right now that you think you'll keep once things are back where you get to teach there in person or are you going to let it all go? What are you thinking there? Oh, uh, we're, we've decided we're definitely going to keep the, the video making. Um, we've our private Facebook groups that we have, we have one just for the volunteers that do chores and then one that has for the kids that are, or not the kids, but our adults and things that are riding as well with us. So for those ones, we, we really like that because everyone said it's been much easier to come in and not have to call each other and be like, hey, what projects are you working on? What were you doing here? We've all been updating in, the, in our private groups and being able to keep up on our chores and, and projects that way. So the communication has gone up a whole lot with those videos, too. I think a lot of people are realizing that, like we were talking earlier in the show today, Jen, how we're doing those weekly calls for CHA members, and they've been so well received. Terry, our membership services director who works in Kentucky for us, and myself, we're going to probably start doing them once a month, because they're regardless of what's going on, because they're just so useful to share ideas and get creative and so I think that there's a lot that we're learning right now um, instead of just doing business as usual, right, where it's making us do different things and some of it might stick. So I think that's great. Um, during all of this, what has been the most challenging for your barn and uh, you personally? Um, not not seeing our lesson students regularly. It's It's been a normal for me. And then to help keep hay in front of my horses because they're not working. Um, I've picked up a, a part-time job as well. So I've been working extra long hours doing morning working a retail job as a cashier and then back to the barn doing chores again in the evening. So the extra long hours has been hard and keeping track of my days without my lesson students. I never know if it's a Monday or a Friday. 
Yes. And for those listening, you know, there are groups that are helpful with fundraising and things during this time. Um, the ASPCA is actually working with the Right Horse right now and CHA partners with them. And if you go on the org, they're actually doing some fostering of horses. Um, hopefully we all get to do our summer camps and our lesson programs this summer. But if not, and some of you might need horses fostered for a little bit, ASPCA is actually offering hay cubes because they're easier to transport than hay. Um, and then with the folks that foster these horses, then they'll have the hay cubes so they'll be able to you know, sustain a few months um, off of your property if people are having trouble. And I'm not saying you are, Jen, it just gave me a good reason to Mm -hmm. kind of bring that up. And just know that like um, American Horse Council and the United Horse Coalition also has some great COVID resources, much as um, Horse Radio Network, you know, Glenn and Jen have been doing a lot too. So there's all kinds of resources out there that you can find um, that might be helpful. And, you know, the PPP loans and some of the other loans, I know the first round has already gone out, but they're working on the second. So lots of things like that, um, that might be useful for those that are listening. So what has been the most positive? Has there been a silver lining? Um, I mean, it's it's great to see how much we've grown our community during the time that we've been, quote unquote, closed down. Um, while we are still doing just minimal and I don't see everybody, the amount of communication that everybody has been having with each other has been above and beyond what I thought it was going to be. And I don't feel like I'm taking care of our horses alone. There is a team of us we're connected. Um, And we've been doing a lot of outreach to our general community. We've got um, a hill that we're covering in rocks. And so we've asked that our kids and things paint rocks for us and then drop them off at our porch. Um, And then they're able to go walk um, the state trails that we're connected to. Oh, I like that. So, and we've, we've been getting a lot of people dropping painted rocks off. So while I don't see people, I know people have been there. I love that idea. That is a really good idea. So Jen was on our show a while back. Um, she actually is into essential oils. And have you found during this time that the sales of those are going up, staying the same, going down? How is that program going for you? They actually have been going up. A lot of people are looking for natural things. Um, I'm still teaching classes regularly, and I have had a huge influx of interest on people wanting to see how to support their themselves naturally um, during these times. Um, it's been really good. Good. So go ahead. I know people can find you on our CHA site, um, and but go ahead and let them know your doTERRA website for the oils. Let them know how to find you so that they can find other things about you as well. Absolutely. So they can learn more about me at Heavenly Horse Stables um, website, which is heavenlyhorsemi.horse. And of course, our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. And then they can learn more about the essential oil that I do with horses and our riders at www.greenblood.horse. And go ahead and spell that for everybody. Um, that's G-R-E-E-N-B-L-O-O-D dot and horse. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being on today and sharing a little bit about what you're doing there in Michigan for us. Is there anything else you would like to share before we uh, go away today? Um, it's It's been really good. I mean, there's been a lot of challenges, but there's been a lot of positives from them. And I hope that um, our, our community can continue to grow during this time. 
I agree. Thank you, Jen, so much for being a part of CHA and for being on our podcast today. It's interesting how many positive things that have the potential to be carried forward. Yes. And I think we're all trying to focus on that. You know, the glass half empty versus half full people, the half full people are like, look, look at the things that are going to be okay. We've now discovered this, that our membership wants, or we've now discovered this, that our clients think is cool, or we've discovered this. Right. And that's been, been really good. But I love how people on Facebook are the people that have a lot of time on their hands, I think. And then you have people like Jen and others that have no time and they are so incredibly busy working a second job and then still taking care of the horses. Right. So this has all affected everyone very differently. And I think the use of social media to keep everyone engaged is just a blessing. Had this happened prior to social media had this happened prior to being able to use Skype and Zoom and go to meeting and all these other platforms, it would have been different, right? We didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have Duo. We didn't have these things. Yeah. So it's just interesting, you know, the timing of stuff. I yeah, find and that even if you're not, because many of us, and I'm going to raise my hand to be included in this, are not particularly tech savvy. So perhaps taking on some of these, what to you, are newer social media platforms, even something as simple as taking a picture with your phone and texting it to the horse owner or uh, taking a picture and putting it on the face. The, and I love that. I love that they're making um, closed groups for their clients because some people are, are not comfortable with the whole social media thing being available to the universe and they're not comfortable with that, but you can create that page that it's only available to your clients so the only they see it so they can feel comfortable with it that every morning you you take a snapshot of the horse eating his breakfast or just tiny things can be very very significant right now when some people are distanced from their horse not by choice yeah right very true because it's definitely a barn by barn thing, a county by county thing, a state and province by county and state and province thing. You know, I mean, it's very different everywhere. So, yes, all these different ideas are just really good. And, you know, for those listening, the creative ideas from away from the barn, it's not all about riding, right? We talk about groundwork with our horses and then we talk about bettering ourselves. So, getting on webinars, getting on videos, learning about parasites, even if your horse is taken care of for you by the boarding barn, you should still know these things. If you're a horse, owner or if you're not a horse owner but still take lessons um just knowing these things is just wonderful and then of course i love how equine canada has the horses under sport you know i know united states equestrian federation does too but a lot of times here in the u.s horses are lumped with livestock which is fine because they are but i think that they're also a sport and i think that the more we realize that they're a sport first of all we'll get pe credit right in high school and college listeners that are younger and we want that and then also we make ourselves athletes so it's not just the horse being the athlete so therefore doing your workout at home with your you know small barbells um getting on your treadmill or just running around your backyard or your elliptical if you have one, getting in cardio shape, getting in muscular shape, getting in stretching shape, like we were talking about, the Pilates and the yoga. All of these things are very useful. And boy, you can just Google it, and there's a lot of videos to help you through all of that from reputable people. There you go. A fantastic episode once again. So where can folks find out more about the CHA and all the great stuff you guys do? You're so much more than riding instructor certification. 
Yes. So that's our primary basis. But, you know, 53 years in business now, we've we've done a lot more on the education side. We're probably 50-50 now in certification and accreditation and then lots of education for the other 50%. So it's CHA.horse. And from there, you can find an instructor near you. You can find a barn near you. Um, You can see all of our educational videos we spoke about on our YouTube channel, our streaming videos, our half price on our webinars, all the things going on. So check us out and enjoy it. All the things available at CHA.horse. And you will be back again in May on the third Tuesday to chat a little bit more about what's going on. So until then, everybody, go ride your horse. Bye, everyone.